What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Sam, join with Matt as always. Lots to get to today. A very embarrassing losing streak. Uh, a rather impressive hot streak by another team. We'll talk about hard knocks. Uh, a little bit of a Giants preview. Uh, I know we have a big Giants-Jets matchup coming up. Um, but as always, Matt, how are we doing today? I'm doing all right. I don't know that I'd call it a. I don't know that I'd call this new people a big Giants Jets matchup well we'll get into the Jets in a little bit but I think the starters are playing a series or two at least on the Jets side yeah well we'll see Aaron Rodgers we don't know for how long yet but like I'm looking at the prices for that game game it's still so cheap that like a game that starts at six o'clock I'm thinking about going there for a half it wouldn't be a bad idea what it's uh is it a uh Sunday night vehicle? Saturday, Saturday at six, I believe. Saturday, six o'clock. Um, I'll, I don't know if I'll be able to make that. We'll see. Um, but before we get into football, let's start with uh, let's get the bad out of the way first. Um, I think we're pretty optimistic about our football teams. Uh, let's talk about the both of the New York baseball teams that have absolutely embarrassed themselves of late. Um, or actually, maybe not one, but the Yankees. They find themselves in a nine-game losing streak um, with uh, their quote-unquote stopper, Luis Severino, on the mound today. Um, and it's it's gotten embarrassing. They call up uh, Everson Pereira, who has been a, has been an absolute stud in double-A and triple-A this year, uh, definitely deserving, and he's going to play left field mostly every day, according to Aaron Boone. Um, and then they call back up Oswald Peraza, who will play – a tweener role. He said some predominantly third short and second. Uh, so that's, a, that's good. But Matt, all else for the Yankees is not good other than pretty much the two kids that they just called up. Yeah. I, I, I mean, when was the last time the Yankees had a 10 game losing streak? I think it was like 80 something 80. I think there were, I think I saw yesterday that the nine game losing streak that they're on, is like no one on the team was alive for the last losing streak of this uh, of this length, which is kind of crazy. All right, so Severino taking the bump, looking to make history. Yeah, I mean he. It, it's the, the one thing I'll say about this game specifically. Yankees are facing a left-hander tonight, um, and I was digging at some stats today. They since the since the second half begun, they're like one of the best teams against lefties in the entire league. And it's funny because like the, it, it therein lies some of the Yankees issues getting at a much deeper level, but this is a righty heavy lineup um, that has very little lefty power. And then when you take out uh, Rizzo, who is your big lefty power piece and Jake Bowers finds himself in, I think when I was at the game the other day, they said it was like three for his last 39 or something like that. Uh, all your lefties aren't hitting and you already had a lefty deficiency. So you, it kind of makes sense that the Yankees would crush a left-handed pitcher given that they're all righties. You know what I mean? That, that isn't that kind of point blank, the problem with the Yankees. I mean, I guess so. I don't, I don't know how you're still watching. Well, I, I watched, it's funny cause I was watching because I was, I obviously had like a rooting interest and, That had to do with standings and what I thought would be a potential playoff push. But uh, teams that lose nine in a row don't really go on playoff pushes this time of year. Um, So I think the Yankees have thrown in the white flag. 
I think their priorities have shifted from viewing uh, the results of this season to what we could bring to the following season. Um, and I think that that's, it's, that's good. I, I heard that they were, uh, they were really talking deeply about Austin Wells being called up, um, which is their star catcher who also like Everson Pereira has uh, catapulted from double a to triple a and excelled at both levels. Uh, he is a left-handed bat. That is apparently a good catcher and a power bat, um, which again, think about the Yankees, you know, the Yankees history between, you know, Posada, Berra, uh, Elston Howard. I mean, name, name the catcher you want. The Yankees have always had, a good hitting catcher, Gary Sanchez, <laughs> um, who's made a revival. But I think this is just a it's a breakdown of a Yankee season. And I think that, you know, what we can look forward to and, and I guess why I'm watching is I'm looking forward to next year. And I, I'm I feel like this is uh, definitely a big point in Yankee history for me. It's probably it's definitely the the worst team that I've seen while I've been alive, um, <laughs> which is a crazy thing to say. But I don't know how to handle this. I need some tips from you. Well, <laughs> that's not nice. <clears throat> I, uh, I I appreciate everything you just said. I just I don't get the uh, the why why you just have to why you just have to disrespect Ben Wordfett like that. Look, man, I, I'll say this: I don't root for injuries, but last night he got he got a foul. I think uh, I think the the it was a catcher's interference, and he guy whacked his hand with the bat. I I don't root for injuries. But if there was a window that opened up, I would not have been the least bit excited to see Austin Wells uh, fill those shoes. Is that bad to say? No, not really. So the Yankees <laughs> losers of nine in a row. They lose yesterday to the Washington Nationals. The reason we just joked about Ben Wortvet is uh, the Yankees were two hit last night and yep. both hits. The bat of Ben Wortvet, also a solo home run being their only run of the game. Um, I... I've been tuning into Yankees. I've been trying to see, like, how long this can go. Like, I'd love to see the Yankees lose 10 in a row, and, like, it's Washington now. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, they, they've thrown in the white flag here, sort of quietly, just starting to uh, to integrate some of the kids. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess that takes away the joke that we had of of saying that, wow, they're worse than the Mets, and they're, they're trying to win these ballgames. But you just mentioned Austin Wells, him and others – uh, what are we expecting? Like, like, come September, you know, how many young Yankees are are we going to be introduced to? You think? I know that you're you're not used to September call ups, but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm I'm used to the uh, the 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 saying. Uh, oh yeah, when we get September call ups, those would be like our acquisitions, and then not do anything at the deadline. Um, but I digress. The the Austin Wells we already just spoke about. Um, there, there's just a couple arms that are down uh, in the minors. Uh, Clayton Beater, who the Yankees got for from the Joey Gallo trade from the Dodgers, uh, has been skyrocketing up boards this year, pitching very well. Um, he's he's probably some someone that, especially if you know, let's just say Luis Severino goes out there tonight and has a stinker, or you know, let's say you know Nestor shut it really is shut down for the year, or let's say that Rodone finds himself with the tweaks here or there. I think there's a, a couple Yankee arms that are, that are right there. Um, we've already seen what Randy Vasquez and Johnny Brito have been able to do. They've been okay. You know, they're young kids. And I think that they, they might get some extra run uh, here as well, because again, what's the point of throwing Luis Severino every fifth day now? Really? I mean, like what was ever the point if we want to look back on it, but um, you know, he, I think the eventually they're going to shelf Sevy and say, look like, 
Well, over the only thing we can be happy about is, uh, you know, you got out of this season healthy. That, and then you can have a full off season of health and a full off season to tweak whatever you need to get better. And maybe I think Luis Severino is on like his last arbitration year or something. Um, some some strange caveat on the contract. Um, but uh, I don't know if they'll bring him back, but definitely some arms down low that I think they'll bring up as well as, again, Austin Wells, Pereira, Peraza every day. Uh, Boone even mentioned that you might see Anthony Volpe move around, uh, move him to second base from time to time. Uh, also interesting. But, yeah, man, uh, season's lost. Um, and I guess, you know, anything else you want to say about the Yankees before I kind of want to talk a little bit about the Mets, because I think the Mets are a little bit intriguing right now. Yeah, I mean, no, not really. But I heard a great, <clears throat> I don't know if you want to call it an idea or, but a Yankee move that I would just love to see. And again, I think we're both in agreement. I, I don't think Cashman's time is up yet. Um, you know, we've talked about it over and over. We kind of think the manager is going to be the scapegoat here. But if the Yankees really were to just refurnish the place, wouldn't it be such a cool just heel turn just that like, to really revamp the evil empire, you just bring in Jeff Lunell. Just go full analytics. <laughs> that I, I don't know. I'll say this. I, I don't really, I haven't put much thought into it because I really just don't see Cashman going anywhere. I, I don't, I don't really see much changing. Boone maybe gets the ax, but. Austin, uh, like, well, something has to, you know? I, I mean, I guess, but you know, I think that before I think what they would before Cashman goes, I think Boone definitely goes. And I think that, you know, if I think when Cashman goes is when the the second manager comes in or the second uh, coach comes in. And if that also fails and if like different roster moves, maybe this offseason fail, then he might be on his last leg. But I think he's he's going to, you know, win this one out uh, or I guess win out the, the Yankees and probably Boone. But. Uh, Jeff Passan on K yesterday. Did you listen to that at all? No, not a bit. So, so he brought up, a, I guess, a perspective that that's kind of like the the non New York opinion, which is like you know, he pretty much was saying that people in their thirties, this is the first time the Yankees might have a losing season, and everyone wants to fire the manager, and everyone wants to fire the GM, and it's like, uh, it, part of me understands that. Like, part of me understands that. Yeah, like you know, this is not the Yankee way. We're not used to seeing the Yankees being last place, let alone be under 500 ever. But like, what do you think about that? Do you think that's a real thing? Like how, where do you sit on the, the inside New York opinion versus the outside New York opinion, I guess. That, that's really, that's the entire conversation when it comes to the Yankees, because if like what you just said, the Yankee way and all that stuff, and I'm really not, I'm not punching down on it. I'm not making fun of it. Um, but I, I don't know. We haven't gotten to a place where just generally consensus wise, we've all sort of learned or figured out. I mean, the evidence is all, all there that it's not that way anymore. And it's not, it's not easy that to, to be that way in baseball anymore. You can't just really, you know, there was a time when the Yankees could just outspend every mistake, kind of like the Mets just tried to do. It didn't work. There's not really, I, I don't think there is any more Yankee way. I think they're just another one of the teams. So when you accept all of that and you say, okay, Brian Cashman's been here for what, 30 years, you know, missing the postseason four times, you can overlook this season easily. He's had a lot more hits than misses, but there is that sort of Yankee cloud that looms over your head and the, you know, championships, not championship. And, 
you know, this is the Yankees. We haven't won since 2009, you know, like that, uh, that sentiment still exists. So that's really, that's the entire thing for me with the Yankees. That's how, that's why I don't even know how to talk about the Yankees. Cause I don't know what actual patients yeah. are. I don't even know what the franchise is like, like what their goal really is or what their, you know, is the bottom line 40,000 people in the seats or I have no idea. This will be a good segue into your, into whatever you wanted to say about the Mets. Cause you said you had an interesting point. Um, do you hear that outside? I do a little bit. Yeah. They, they love to do lawn work around here. Nice. Um, I, another thing I just wish with the Yankees is, you know, we just talked about it a minute ago. Like, I don't really know what they're looking to be next year. You know, so if they're going to let, – let's just say they do what we think they're going to do. They keep Cashman. They interchange managers. Are they going to make another splash that at the time was, you know, as big as Carlos Rodon, especially? And we go over all the time, all these Yankee contracts and all that. I wish they were a little bit more transparent. I wish they were kind of like the Mets were, even though Steve Cohen's a little much sometimes. Like when the Mets came out and sort of gave you their, you know, two to three year plan, like at least now I know. I have no idea what what to think about the Yankees moving forward. Like, I don't like, is this supposed to change next season? I don't know. Well, it doesn't really look like it to me, but uh, there's I think there's a couple things that that obviously could be done. And we'll get deeper into, you know, any sort of, uh, you know, offseason moves into the offseason. And obviously, let's let's wait for the season to, to die down first. But. I think, you know, thinking about the offseason, I don't know if you've watched Cody Bellinger uh, the last couple, like, months, weeks. Uh, He's hitting, like, 330. (laughs) He's going crazy, and that guy's going to be a free agent this year. Um, I think the consensus around the entire MLB, outside of maybe Brian Cashman and whatever crew he advises to make uh, roster moves, that guy is going to be worth every single penny, and that's a guy that, you can stick in the outfield right next to Harris, uh, Harrison Bader and right next to an Aaron Judge, and you're in the conversation for the best outfield in baseball. And, you know, th- I think that a move like that or even like you can even say a Soto, obviously not, not like a, a defensive degree, but I think there's definitely the Yankees. The misconception about the Yankees is the is like the the guys that they, they keep signing or, you know, keep bringing back are underperforming. That's not true. Whenever the Yankees pivot off something, right? So if they go into something with a plan, they that plan usually works. Whenever they go into something with a plan, that plan gets taken from them and then they have to pivot. That's when stuff fails. And I think that if they go into this offseason with, you know, their eyes set on Bellinger and they're going to please the, the Yankee fan base and, and finally get a lefty power bat and an athlete and someone that can play multiple positions and plays hard and has Yankee roots with his dad playing for the team. That's a, that would be such a home run for this team. And I think that they, I, I really do think that they can interchange pieces. They'll be able to get a third baseman for a trade. They'll be able to get, you know, they'll be able to, if they, if they bring in a left fielder that can really play, they'll be able to leave Stanton at DH and maybe Stanton doesn't get hurt. And sure. You can think what you want about Stanton, but on a good team, he's a DH. You, I believe a, a team with Stanton at the DH can win the world series. And I still believe that. And I, again, I think the misconception is that they're so far off, but I just think this has been a rough year. And I think this is a, a look in the mirror year. And I think maybe that the, maybe not necessarily they need to make multiple moves that would change the team, but maybe just one move to show that, you know, we're not going to go for these home run or bus guys. We want to start bringing in athletes. We want to start bringing in lefties and people that, you know, are baseball people and not just these robots that we teach how to swing. 
maybe maybe that's the only thing it takes. But that's uh, I I feel like people are only talking about Otani and only talking about Soto. This guy Cody Bellinger might be back to his MVP form. Um, so I, it, that's my rant. Sorry. Is he going to question that doesn't have to do with the Yankees? One, is he going to win Comeback Player of the Year? And two, can you win Comeback Player of the Year just for being bad at the sport <laughs> for a little while, or does it have to be injury or something? Like, can you just uh, suck I, for a few years? Sure. And then... I'm not sure. Good question. Because I feel like uh, that. Would... I think I think it's like, I mean, comeback isn't it like a little bit of a diss to call someone like that a comeback player of the year? Like he yeah, wasn't pitiful. he wasn't pitiful. Like bro, yeah. you were terrible for a little while. Yeah, Joey Gallo pops fifty next year and wins comeback player of the year. Uh, uh, <laughs> so you want to get into the uh, the best baseball team in New York? Yeah, man, this this is uh, it, it kind of crazy times like the, the Mets. Obviously, we don't need to detail the entire season to this point, but, you know, they sell off at the deadline. And then all of a sudden you have this sudden emergence of now all of a sudden Lindor it looks like he's the best shortstop in the league. And now all of a sudden Alonzo is uh, getting his home run pace back up where he might mess around and hit 50. Um, he he's uh, the Mets are the Mets are playing very good baseball right now and I think I don't want to I don't think it's this easy but I think they're just calling up a lot of guys that are fighting for their job and are fighting for a job and that's producing for them as well as the the guys that you need like Lindor and Alonzo I, I don't know have you have you been like locked into the Mets at all uh, I wouldn't say locked in but you know since they've been playing good ball um, you know beat the Braves two nights ago they they have a, a tough one on last night where they had some chances to put them away again. Um, yeah, I mean, I'll tune in, especially, you know, I'm expecting to, to see some kids. I want to stop seeing Mr. Swing Path every day. I mean, there's really no point. Um, but no, I mean, I, I've been, this is, you know, this is business as usual for me. So yeah, I mean, if, if the Met game is on, I got nothing else going on. I'll, I'll pop down for a minute. Yeah, I watched, uh, I watched the other day, not last night. I think it was Monday night when uh, the Yankees were off. I, Watch a little bit of the Met game. Um, I mean, they're going toe-to-toe with the Braves. I'll say this. I just want to kind of pivot off the Mets for a second, but only because they're playing the Braves. The Braves are my pick to win the World Series, but I just want to put this out for the record. I think their bullpen is very suspicious at times, and like I'm watching these games, and maybe they're just, you know, playing around because it's the Mets and whatever, I guess. They're, you know, they're not really too concerned right now. They can interchange things. But I think the Braves bullpen is a little bit suspect from time to time. I, I feel like every time I watch them late in games, their offense, you know, makes up for it. And their offense is unbelievable, obviously. But their bullpen, they give up a decent amount of runs. And I just want to throw that out there before we reach October and something becomes an issue. You know, you know what I mean? Well, I don't know if you realize that. about October is you can kind of reconstruct your bullpen out of three starters and then you know yeah just you could throw in whenever you want i don't think it affects them come october i mean i all i wanted to do was just it might not i could be wrong but i just wanted to be the one to say that you know if if the braves i think it's their world series to lose uh and if the braves lose the world series i think it would my guess would be it would be be because their bullpen either fell apart or just continue to str- not continue to struggle per se. They're like statistically they're okay, but 
I don't know. They they just seem they just seem suspect. I feel like I watch the Braves a lot, and I, I, I every time the bullpen comes in, I feel like they're giving up one, two runs here or there, and then and then all of a sudden the next inning, it's like, all right, now Matt Olson just hit a three run home run, so it doesn't really even matter. Um, but I digress. Let's get back to the Mets for a second. Um, yeah, they. We're watching game to game here, and the big subject we keep hearing about is Mr. Pete Alonso. Um, I listened to the same comments that you did, um, but I wanna I wanna let you introduce them because, like you said in our pre-show meeting, I do think it is worth mentioning as we kind of follow this up until next season regarding the future of Pete Alonso. Yeah, and uh, so. What, what Matt and I are talking about is, uh, so Mike Francesa, obviously New York, I guess not even New York radio legend, radio legend, um, goes on, goes into the Barstool office, does a couple of podcasts, a whole bunch of content for them, sits down with Frank the Tank, great conversation if you're a Frank the Tank guy, definitely go listen, uh, and they, they're they just shooting the shit back and forth about the Mets, they obviously bring up Pete Alonso and Francesca said something that I thought was like kind of interesting. And I don't know if, you know, I want to quote him as like a source on this, but he kind of mentioned that, you know, he heard whatever you want to take a Mike Francesca saying he heard as uh, he heard that, you know, there were Lindor has, has kind of been the one that's been behind the whole anti Alonso camp and has been putting out all these, I guess, stories and little tidbits that Alonso is, you know, not liked in the locker room or, you know, whatever his words were. But he seems to think that, you know, this the Mets organization goes by Lindor and Alonzo's in the back seat. where I think a lot of Mets fans and probably Pete Alonzo thinks that it's Alonzo's driving this car and Lindor's in the back seat. So maybe like a power struggle, I guess he's hinting at. But I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and I, I would agree with what you just said. I think. You know, not that this has everything to do with everything, but, you know, Alonzo was here first. I think he's been the more productive player since Lindor's gotten here. I think he's kind of been the face. Um, but, you know, like, like I'm not even going to get into maybe Lindor's causing this or that. I just, for, what I really derived from it was just Lindor is the prize child, you know, in the front office with ownership and all that. And, um you know, he's kind of like the the impromptu captain. So, I, I mean, like you said, it was just something worth mentioning because I, I just, I don't know, that's not a piece of information we had ever gotten. And another interesting part of that was he said that there's sort of a belief that maybe his head's gotten a little bigger and he's just a different guy than he was when he first got in. I think people have been talking about that all year, but we always just kind of chalked it up to like, well, yeah, the team's miserable. So he's miserable. But um, yeah, no, I mean, just just I wanted to get that out because in the coming months, as we kind of like track this, that all might become very relevant. Yeah. And again, there was even some spec, I guess you could say some speculation that at the deadline there, there could have been some consideration. Well, you know, if the Mets are going to sell, then might as well just sell Alonzo right now while he has what a year left on his contract. Is that is that correct? Or is he a free agent after this year? He's He's got one. Oh, sorry. You're yeah, right over there. Something. Uh, one get, year get, you're getting choked up you're getting choked up thinking about Alonzo leaving you're you're uh David yeah. Wright 2.0 well the good thing David Wright never left I remember when I was like I don't know 13 years old and they were gonna ship out Wright or Reyes I was gonna drop my net fandom if David <laughs> Wright was the one that that went so maybe I'd be with you maybe I'd be uh you know I'd, I'd be a Yankee fan with you and we'd be miserable together right now 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, misery loves company, so that would be uh, that'd be quite the, the turn of events. What do they call that? Like a butterfly effect, and you can go back and like change a bunch of shit. Um, the, but the Mets, uh, the Mets are going to finish or close out this series with Atlanta tonight. Um, I'm not really who's sure on the hill who comes in after. What's up? Who's on the hill for the the pride of the blue and orange? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> it's probably a cookie. Uh, no, it, it's it's Quintana. Okay. Right, right. So I, I swore off City Field for this season. I went to my last game, and something you said the yesterday piqued my interest. Uh, and it seemed like there was a chance Otani was going to, you know, be on the hill in Queens for a twelve o'clock game this Sunday when they host the Angels. I might have made that my last game. It doesn't look like he's lined up to pitch, but um. I just wanted to tease this because you kind of you wanted to mention something about um, this year's MLB MVP. Yeah, and I, I guess it's more so like uh, just like an, a thought I had the other day. And, you know, again, we were talking about the Mets. I think that if it, a big move for the Mets, obviously, and I think a lot of like uh, a lot of people will speculate this towards the offseason uh, is bringing in Otani. But I think that I think let me ask you this. So I'm watching like Otani, like, I've, you know, obviously me, I'm a huge Otani guy and I watch a lot. I think I missed maybe one or two of his starts this entire year. Uh, and, you know, I watch him and he starts getting all these finger blisters and these cramps. And, you know, I don't think it's a coincidence that towards the end of the season, he uh, he started to get, you know, not not necessarily drop off, but his performance started to to decrease a little bit. And he's getting again, getting all these cramps and whatnot. My idea was anyone that signs Otani, why don't you just make him the closer? Why wouldn't why start him every fifth day when you can get you can tell him go to the go run to go DH then run to the bullpen and be the closer? Wouldn't that be more productive for a team? They get to use him every single day, and you don't have to he doesn't have to uh, strand on too many. Imagine this: imagine you can get like. Uh, I want to say Mariano Rivera, but let's just say Otani is able to be a stud closer. Let's just say you get prime Chapman and uh, I don't know, Freddie Freeman at the plate (laughs) who wouldn't want that. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I think he's going to sign the biggest deal in major league history. And, you know, no one wants to talk about it, but I, this whole doing both, it's not going to last forever, right? And I think it's going to be sooner than later that he kind of has to pick one. So this is all about timing with Otani. So let's say you, you sign him to do both. Let's say you give him $500 million and he's only going to pitch for you for two or three seasons. I think what you just suggested, like we will see at some point. Like I do think that whatever team signs him and gives him an absolute bag, there's going to come a point when they try him in the bullpen or, or some sort of experimenting like that. Because I just don't think it's feasible to expect him to do this for even five years or six years. So yeah. I, if you're going to get the best bang, I, I do like that idea. It feels like a waste to do it immediately because you're kind of signing this guy to be just the most unbelievable thing you've ever seen on a baseball field. But um, no, what I think you just suggested does eventually happen. And and I actually I kind of disagree with one part there. You know, to me, if you, I think the the longevity of a guy is, you know, pitching is such a violent motion, and 
you know, you're so close to the to the play and you're so close to the action. And a guy that's at, as athletic as Otani, you know, someone lays down a bunt, he steps wrong, rolls his ankle. You know, I, I kind of don't want to me. I think I value someone that can come in and be a surefire closer every night more than someone that can give you, you know, six innings on every every fifth day. And the thing with Otani that's a little bit different than any other pitcher is he doesn't like Otani's a strikeout guy. So he's always throwing like a crazy amount of pitches. It's very hard for Otani to get through like, you know, seven innings. So you're going to have to need someone else to go. And, you know, are you really going to think about Otani in the playoffs, right? Like, let's just say he's on the Braves. I think if he was on the Braves right now, that he would already be in the bullpen because they they have the starting pitching and they don't want to they don't want to get him tired. They'd rather have a hundred percent asset at the back of their bullpen versus a you know a sixty percent starter every fifth day, right? I mean, I feel like any team would want that. Yeah, I, but like with Otani, like this is like like this guy is the one guy that's gonna fill your stadium and. I don't know. I just think people are excited to watch him, you know, go out there, shove six innings and get four bats. I kind of think that's, that's the appeal. I, I get it. And you're, you're hundred percent right. But I, I'll say this, you know, we, we brought up going to see just the angels play the Mets this weekend. Uh, if we do go, let's just look at the stands. I guarantee you, even on a day, he's not pitching. That place is filled with Otani jerseys. I don't think my point is I just don't think him, if he's if he's on the field for one at bat, two at bats versus six innings of pitching, I think the people will come. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so, uh, yeah, I I, uh, I I don't know. It's just a thought I had the other day. Definitely wanted to bring it up. Um, but, yeah, a lot of uh, I don't know, man. Long week. We had our friggin Instagram page get hacked. How about that? Yes, we did. We lost our Instagram page to anyone listening. Thank you. Uh, I'm our new one. Yeah. What is it? I don't even know what the ad is. How terrible is that? It's like pod NY sports. I had to change it. Um, the same as TikTok. But this is, I think it's a week ago to the day. So we finished recording on Wednesday and you have a, our, our page has a, an instant message and I'm not going to kill you for this because I get it. You know, so we have a, we have an instant message from Meta saying something about copyright and if you don't click this link and sort this out then your account's going to be gone in 24 hours or whatever it was so i had said to you like are we sure that's a, like do we think that's fake and you said no and i took it i took you for your word right there because i mean it, it did look kind of i couldn't click on their account it looked like it was just like the meta account like it didn't look like a yeah. legitimate instagram account so we go in and try to correct that, and then uh, the account's gone. Um, this was the this was the part that you dealt with more, where we kind of got the famous H A T A thrown in our face. Yeah. So, so the, obviously, when we we went to go log back into the Instagram, it, it was it brought us like an external link, uh, and when when we went when we revisited that external link after I guess having our Instagram deleted uh, the, the top of the page said H a T a with an exclamation point, which I don't know if that's just some weird computer code for like laughing at us, but I thought it was like, ha ha got ya. And so I was sitting there laughing at myself uh, 
uh, along with just, you know, re- I thought it was a good joke. I, I, I'll be honest. They got me. I got got. I said it. Said it at the time. Um, but I think I put in the on our on our recovery post uh, when there's a fork in the road, take it. Um, so we took it. We are yeah, uh, back and up and better, better yeah, than ever. Shut down the operation and just admit defeat, or uh, or re- we reboot, and that's what we did. So uh, new page is up. But yesterday we get an update from the account that was hacked by us. They put up a story, and I'm looking at it, and I'm like. Did Sam just put like, did he get the account back and post that we're back or whatever? And it just says account owner, please contact me on DM. And our producer of the show, is he still on payroll as producer Matt, Matt uh, DeSanto? Uh, he hasn't got paid in a while. So I, I don't even know if you can consider that payroll. Is He's it, is, are you considered on payroll if you don't get paid? I don't, I didn't, I don't know who handles the payment here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe the guy in Germany that you're about to talk about. Yeah. So our old account, <laughs> you know, owner of the account, please DM me. So our producer, Matt, hits him up and uh, he asks, what are your demands? And then our German hacker responds. And I'm very impressed by like the, like he's calling us bro. And he's kind of like, he's typing perfect English. Like usually you get a hacker from another country. It's never that. Yeah, that's uh, usually like a, that's that's usually like a Tuesday thing. This was like a this was like a Monday thing. So that's why the hacker was a little bit different. What do you mean usually? He's, <laughs> he's on my Mount Rushmore of hackers. Okay, so, well that's another that's a podcast for another day. Mount Rushmore of hackers. Yeah. So we get a response. Hi, bro. Are you the owner? First of all, I'm sorry for stealing your account, dude. This is a shit situation. And then he sends us a long photo of. I'm not a bad guy, but, you know, this is just something I have to do. Don't worry. Um, I'll ask you for a low amount to give your account back, whatever. So Matt decides to respond, hello, friend. I also live in a poor country. I currently reside in southeast Ukraine. Life has been tough these past few years. I understand your need for money, but I wish you could understand my love for New York sports. This Instagram page was all I had. All that made me happy. Now I have nothing. So then our hacker tries to get us again. And he says, bro, sorry. I thought you lived in America. Um, I'll give your account back. Here's a link. Type in this code. So we decided not to go down that road. um, And we never did get that account back. But, uh, you know, we're back. And it's a a rebrand. And and, uh, that's all there is to it. But we got got. And this is just us admitting defeat. Yeah, so the and the big moral of the story here is we're not clicking any links that anyone sends us. So although all those, you know, GoFundMe's that people are sending me whatnot, just don't even bother anymore. We're not just not doing it. Um, so no more links. Uh, I apologize. Podcast ever. And we never will be. So just don't send us any links. Yeah, no, no links. Uh, don't matter what the situation is. No links. Thank you very much. Uh, we just don't have like the mental capacity to, to deal with all that right now. So. Um, we'll get there one day, but, uh, you know, I think that from this, we, we learned that, uh, obviously sometimes you have to go backwards to go forwards. Uh, we took a step back here and our big step might not be as big as the jet step this year, but, um, from hard knocks the last three weeks, uh, and, and leading up to a couple of the jet preseason games, the jets, uh, got me excited. And uh, Matt, I know the Mark Sanchez cameo might still be paused on your TV, 
But uh, what did you think about the uh, the episode three of Hard Knocks last night? That whole episode was great. It was my favorite of the uh, of the show thus far. Um, yeah, a lot of moments in there curated for me. I mean, the Aaron Rodgers and Mark Sanchez dap up a collision of my worlds. Um, <laughs> Quite literally, mile performance. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, and I think this episode was like this was like the most football oriented episode. Like this one really got me excited. So I'm, I'm 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 not trying to I'm not trying to get too worked up, you know, because it's always in the back of your head. It is still the Jets. And we'll just have to see. But, yeah, man, I, I was watching just feeling myself getting excited. Watching and feeling yourself. That's the title of my next book. And quite an interesting way to describe your watching experience. Yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I thought it was great. Obviously, you know, I think the undersung thing that I keep seeing, and I guess this has got to be curated in a way to make people feel this way. But Zach Wilson just, like, looks like he's having fun. And I think that, you know, all the talk this week I heard that, you know, a big storyline in some of the local, you know, uh, radio stations and papers and whatnot were saying that, you know, Zach Wilson hasn't really, you know, looked all spectacular in the preseason. Are the Jets going to have to pay for it by not paying for a backup? Um, I, you know, what do you think about that? I think that's kind of like if you have to go to a backup, your season's done anyway. Most of the time, uh, that's kind of how I see it. What, what do you think? Do you think are you on that team? Yeah, I don't know, because this is so- Something that I hear from, you know, we're both avid uh, sports radio listeners. Uh, the K Show, I I constantly hear, like, I can't believe that you're going into this season one injury away from having Zach Wilson back in there. And, you know, it's just, it's organizational malfeasance. I, I don't really get that. I feel like, yeah. you know, if Rodgers goes down for an extended time, you're probably done anyway. Yeah. And, and I, I, I it'll suck. More that we've seen from Zach, sort of, you know? Yeah, you, you cut out there for, for a sec. You said something about Zach? Yeah, I mean, like, I, and I also just, I believe in sort of the small steps that we've seen from Zach Wilson so far, sort of. Gotcha, gotcha. much much clearer that time. But I agree, and I, I think that, uh, you, do, do I also believe another, like, an underlying thing among the people that have been talking about that uh, specifically have said that, yeah, Zach Wilson has no pressure on him now, but, you know, there's definitely a mental thing to being one injury away versus being, you know, two injuries away where, you know, if you're the third string quarterback with an Aaron Rodgers team, you're not most likely, knock on wood, not going to have to see the field that year, right? But if you're the backup, you got to have to, you you have to obviously be super game planning, uh, you know, not, not that it's a bad thing that it's happening, but I think there's just like a mental thing to, to being like the backup versus the the shelf guy. And I don't think Zach Wilson's necessarily on the shelf. And maybe I think that that's what people are kind of angry about. They wanted to see him on that uh, proverbial shelf of quarterbacks. But uh, I, I've i loved what I've seen in the hard knocks. Uh, I think even just that, I mean, that spin move play he made the other day, these, that run that they actually uh, had a nice little, little uh, bit on uh, hard knocks, that nice spin move run that he almost took to the house. That was a nice run. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, and it it, lo- it just looks like he's having fun, right? It just looks like he's he he's like he's enjoying himself, and it's like I don't know. Whenever I watch him now, I'm I actually watch the you know the live uh, preseason game against the Bucks for a little bit, and it's like he'll he'll go to the sideline, and you know it's not just him talking to his coach. You know, Rogers is there. He's telling him. You know, they they mic'd him up. He's telling him, 
why didn't you go here? Like, why didn't you throw here? He's not just he's not just patting him on the back and saying, you know, good job out there, kid. He's actually breaking down in real time what he should have done and what he did good. And he's giving him real critiquing, which is a real criticism, which is, I think, something that obviously is is going to help him. I don't know why that's and no one. I feel like no one's really it's been an underlying thing, but I think it's a big reason why Rogers is here. Yeah. Did you have any other hard knock specific takeaways like from this episode? Um, I think that uh, the the running backs obviously are going to be going to be really special. And I think just an overall running back opinion. I think that the Jets are kind of getting a- ahead of the curve here. I think we're going to start seeing a lot of these elite, you know, teams, quote unquote, going for it, uh, having, you know, multiple running backs. I think the. The, the, the shift in philosophy behind running backs in offense is not going to be a workhorse, but maybe two workhorses that you can split from time to time, involve them in the passing game. You know, a guy like Kamara, who you can have a marking. Remember when the Saints were good a few years ago when they had Ingram and Kamara? I think that's like the future. You have like a, a big bulldozer guy who's going to get you, you know, three, four yards to touch. And then you have a guy who you can split out, throw a little swing pass to, screens, pitches. I think having a, a duo of running backs is going to be the next wave of, uh, I guess, NFL offensive philosophy. And I think that the Jets are getting ahead of the curve with that. So I think that uh, it, it it's I think it's a great thing to see. And I think that obviously with Dalvin Cook coming into this episode, I, that made me kind of kind of think about it while I was watching. Yeah. And to your point, I mean, not only are our teams going to form their teams that way, but guys like Dalvin Cook who are coming off their first contract and still very good running backs, those guys are going to be available for one-year deals, just like the Jets just did. I, I think I, the Jets getting ahead of the because I do think that that's a thing that's just going to start happening. Um, this week, what you won't see on Hard Knocks on this upcoming episode, which I kind of like, is you will not see the, the Jets and Giants practicing together because they play a regular season game against one another this season. So uh, both teams in their own house leading up to that game, um, which is kind of why I like the idea of Aaron Rodgers playing a little bit. I think this is as close as you're going to get to a regular season game at MetLife. And, you know, you didn't really want September 11th to be his first action in a Jet uniform. So I love the decision. But, uh, yeah, the Jets will see the Giants this Saturday night. Um, we played some win-loss, win-loss with the Jets. Um, do you want to do that for the Giants too? See if we can get a see see how close our records are here. Yeah, let's let's do it. I mean, we I, I I'll give a, a couple of just overall thoughts on the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be sneaky good. I think I've said that in the past. Uh, you know, Daniel Jones. People were raving about his performance last um last. Uh, preseason game and are you know raving about just how the Giants looked overall um I, I think they're I think they're gonna be good I, I think the Giants are gonna they might not win the division I think they're not the Eagles but I think they'll be good so and, I, and you know maybe my maybe my win-loss win-loss here will will give me the telltale sign but uh yeah let's uh let's jump into it um the Jet the Giants open the regular season Sunday Sunday night football hosting the Dallas Cowboys uh, the Cowboys just seem to own them. Uh, they're going to start off with a loss. We're already going to disagree. I think the Giants. I, I'm I'm low in the Cowboys and high in the Giants. The Giants are home. I'm taking the Giants in this game. I, I I just am. I feel like we're low in the Cowboys because we expect 
expect more from them than we do the Giants. I mean, you know, possibly. And I think that this is obviously any Cowboy-Giant game is huge. But, you know, just the trajectory of both these teams and obviously week one, you want to start on the right foot. I think if the Giants lose, uh, obviously depending on the fashion they lose, but if they lose at home week one to the Cowboys, who aren't obviously aren't the Eagles, who are they are not the, you know, the the highest pedigree of the NFC. But I think that that would say, you know, it might throw up some red flags and, you know, Giant fans might think, ooh, maybe we're not what we think we are just yet, you know? So I think they're gonna I think they're gonna be sneaky good. That's that's a win for me. So we'll split there. Next week, the Giants head to Arizona to play the Cardinals. Uh Arizona I, they have a chance to be the worst team in the league. Um that'll put me at one and one for the G Men. Two and oh for myself. Then the Giants stay on the West Coast and head to San Francisco where they play the 49ers. Yeah, they don't want that. They can't handle that yet. That that's yeah. a win. San Francisco's uh, I'm high I'm very high on San Francisco. I think they're uh, they're gonna be a good team this year. So they uh, the Giants two and one for me. Um the next week, the Giants come home Monday night football against the Seahawks. I like the Giants. I know they played Seattle down the stretch of last season. Was it Seattle that won that game? I think so. I think that was one of the games that Geno Smith like kind of solidified his uh you know, his uh his his stature. I like where the Giants are headed more than I like where Seattle's headed. I think they're better. You said this is a home game. A home game for the Giants, yep. Yeah, if it was in Seattle, I'd have a tougher time. I'm I'm giving the Giants a win. I'm going to give the Giants a win as well. Um, I'm also another team I'm kind of not as high on is the Seahawks. You know, Geno Smith, I know he's your guy and all, but I think, you know, he had a great season last year and I I don't know how, how much I'm buying into him, you know, replicating that to any sort. Um, By the way, don't want to, don't want to kind of get off course here. Not really too big of news, but uh, thank you, Corey Davis. Uh, Now he is retiring from the NFL just now. Um, That's a a jet. Yeah. Retiring done. Isn't he young? Uh, I don't know about that, but we'll we'll don't have to get into it. We'll I maybe you know if it's a big story, we'll talk about it next next episode. But um, yeah, Corey Davis retired from the New York Jets. Twenty eight years um, old. Is he really? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Maybe uh, maybe has did he have some injury last season? I think he was just horrible. Yeah, no, he's so. I'll, no, I'll read. I have his. I have his statement up here, so I'll, I'll just read it real quick. Uh, it says, "For some time now, I've been contemplating stepping away from the sport of football. This decision has not been easy. Although I'm a deep person, I'm a man of few words. I've been searching for my heart for what to do, and I feel that stepping away from the game is best path for me at this time. I have more blessings I could have ever imagined. Amazing family. Blah 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 blah. And I just lost interest. That's uh, you know." It sucks, but I guess you know you don't want to don't want to judge if you know maybe he sees uh, you know he's financially stable, he's you know healthy, and he doesn't want to risk anything else. I don't know. Uh, power to him. But yeah. um, back to the win loss win loss. Uh, we both had you said the Giants were winning at home against the Seahawks. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I I too said they're winning. Then we're gonna go to Miami and play the Dolphins. Um. <sighs> That's a yeah. loss for me. I'm going to chalk it up for a loss. From health. The Dolphins are a better team. I don't I think agree. they're graded on defense enough to, to handle 
um, an offense to Brett like that. I'm going to have the Giants at two and three after week five. Cool. Next week, tough game. They head to Buffalo and play the Bills. What did you have there? I, I said the Giants were losing. Sorry. Okay. Um, Bills, I, I'm also going to say the Giants lose that. I think the Bills are just head and shoulders better. Although, <laughs> Giants, if they start rolling somewhere, could could make it a game. Yeah, yeah. I'm the same boat. So, all right. So, now, right now, after six weeks, I have the Giants three and three. Yep, two and four here. Cool. Next week, they have the Commanders at That's- home. Hello? Yeah, that's, that's, a you, uh, that's a win for you. Uh, yeah. I too think it's a win. However, I'll say this: Did you watch uh, any chance you watched any Sam Howell the other night when they were playing the Ravens? I didn't, but I was with a Commanders fan last night who said he actually looks like he's playing pretty well. Yeah, and they, I thought the same thing. Like he maybe not even like necessarily statistically playing like you know out of this world, but. Just his his field presence and I guess the you know the command you can already tell and he's they've got some they have some very low key weapons over there in in Washington you know uh, Curtis Samuel Brian Robinson I think Terry McLaurin is an undersung receiver in this league you know if they can get a quarterback that can distribute the rock that's uh that's gonna be there I think they could be an interesting team um but I'll say that the Giants I believe are better so. Uh, that's going to be a win for me. Next week, we get the MetLife Bowl, and I think we both said that the Jets would win that game. So we already spoke about that on our last episode. We'll pass by that. Um, next game, the Giants head to Vegas and play the Raiders. That's a win. Yeah, I I probably I probably say so as well. I think we said this with the Jets. You know, just tough to see what where this Raiders team is going to be. Um, so, you know, as of right now, I, I could see them being one of those teams that you know, loses a couple games out of the gate and starts making some moves maybe. Um, uh, or, you know, wins a couple games out of the gate and, you know, really starts to look like a formidable team. But right now, I think I, I think the Giants are a better football team. Yeah. Um. So next week, we, the Giants head to Dallas to play the Cowboys. Sunday, 425 game. Um. Yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll do it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say they get swept by Dallas. I say they they win the first week against Dallas and lose this week on the road. Um, so we uh big wow a sweep for Dallas. So you're are you high on Dallas? Or are you low on the Giants? I I don't I, I find myself I don't want to, but I find myself just naturally being low on the Giants. Like I don't know if you remember all last season. I kind of was even when they were winning. I kind of just thought it was. You know, all through smoke and mirrors. I don't know, and I, and I don't think that. I mean, they won a playoff game, but there's something about me. I just, I just don't really believe yet, and I think Dallas is just more established. Okay, fair enough. Um, next game, the Giants head to Washington to play the Commanders. Uh, I had them beating Washington earlier in the season. Uh, I believe you did as well. Any other, uh, any you object this time or no? No, they're going to beat them twice. I think I agree. Uh, you know, just a, just a rebuilding year for the for the Commanders. I think I, you know they can't. I don't really think they have too much uh, expectations with a rookie quarterback. Um, but again, uh, it'll be fun to watch Sam Howell this year a couple times play the Giants. Um, and next week, Giants host the Patriots. I'm very low on New England. Um, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Giants again. 
Yeah, a little uh little Super Bowl rematch here. I I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the Giants in this one. Uh next week, Monday Night Football, Giants against the Packers at home. Giants are home, excuse me. Yeah, I mean the Giants throttled them last year. Why would they not do it this year at home with Jordan Love at the helm? I like the Giants. I, I do too. I, I'm not I'm not too sold on uh the Packers this year. I think they have some young weapons, obviously. Let's let's see what Jordan Love really is. But uh, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. Throttle the Packers. The Jets did. Uh, the Giants barely beat the Packers, but they beat them. Throttle the Jays. Um, next week, the Giants head to New Orleans and play the Saints. I think the Saints are going to be sneaky tough, and this game is in New Orleans. Yeah, tough place to play. Take the Giants, but like – I wouldn't. I don't. I don't have conviction about it. But I like the Giants. Uh, I'm a big. Uh, I'm a big. When you know, whenever I bet or whenever I just you know making game picks, I'm very hesitant to ever bet against an away team in New Orleans. Um, so I'm going to give them a loss in that one. Uh, but next week they have their first game against the Eagles. Monday. Monday four thirty game. Interesting. Oh, Christmas. Christmas Day. Yeah, they're losing that game. Yeah, I agree. So that's a loss to the Eagles there. Then they get the Rams at home. That should be a win. The Rams, I don't believe in the Rams. Do you? Yeah, I don't think I do either. Um, I have no idea what Rams team we're going to see this year. But I kind of think they got their chip and and they're done, you know. So, yeah, Yeah. I like the Giants. I I like the Giants as well. And then they round out the year against the Eagles. I believe they get swept by the Eagles and lose that one. But, again, tough to say because, you know, last week of the year, but. Right. I'm not going to pick this game and say, oh, well, well, maybe the Eagles won't have to play for it. And maybe the, I'm just going to look at the game on the schedule and say the Eagles are the better team. And that gives me a nine and eight record for your New York football Giants. And that would give me 10 and seven. For for the Giants. So, uh, you know, I think they're again, I said, I think I'm a little bit uh, high on them. Uh, I, you know, not not crazy. I don't I don't expect them to win the division. But I, I could very well see the Giants sneaking in as a wild card this year uh, if, you know, a couple of things go right. Uh, if, you know, a couple of their rookies pan out, if Saquon Barkley kind of makes the Giants uh, look, you know, not dumb because I guess they reached an agreement, but, you know, makes makes it look like he's really worth the money and has a great year. We've seen that in the past before. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be an inter- interesting Giants season, interesting New York football season uh, altogether. Uh, hopefully – you know, mercifully, please be more interesting than this uh, baseball season. Um, but yeah. any other thoughts on the Giants or the Jets before we get out of here? Or the yeah, Yankees? And I keep hearing these people with the, you know, they have this rule that they establish for themselves that your season's a failure if you don't match or surpass what you accomplished last year. My bar for the Giants is just make the playoffs again, right? I, I don't control your matchup. So I just think you keep making the playoffs. I think step back, a quote-unquote failure would be you don't get in. But uh, listen, you want to get in and, and you lose to a team that's just better than you, fine. Make the playoffs again. If you just did it, you should be able to do it again. Yeah, uh, I agree. I, I you know, I I think, again, they made the playoffs last year. Um, I And I thought, they be- I thought they belonged. I didn't think people had really high expectations for them. But uh, if they belonged last year, and I'll really only made some additions this year. No reason why they shouldn't make it again this year. So uh, only time will tell. Uh, what is it? Two and I guess two and a half weeks now until until kickoff. Is that right? Yeah. 
Yeah. Two and a half weeks till kickoff. Uh, we'll be with you the whole way. Uh, we'll get into, you know, w- when the season comes around, we'll get into our game previews, uh, game recaps. Uh, fun time. I, we started this during, uh, I guess, when did we start this? I guess, again, October or September of last year. Yeah. Yeah. So re- reaching the year point. So uh, always, you know, we'll get back to our roots of football. So uh, stick with us. Uh, we're back, revamped, unhacked, I guess you can say. Um, uh, as always, thank you for listening. Follow us on our new social. Uh, and as always, peace out. And hata. Hata.